This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. You're listening to episode 190. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rkraft at snnwire.com. When you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the Microcap message. I'd like to quickly thank you all for your participation in the SNN Network Summer Virtual Event 2021. We had an amazing turnout with engagement that far exceeded all expectations. All the keynotes, educational panels, and company presentations are now available on the SNN Network YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash SNNWire. So please feel free to subscribe and go and check out all the content there. And stay tuned for our next virtual event coming up very soon. Now for this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I spoke with Tyler DuPont. He's the founder and chief everything officer at Augury Research. The title of this episode is Not Your Father's Stocks. As an ode to not, not only Tyler's podcast by the same name, but what inspired him to get into investing in the first place? There are many lessons we learn from our parents. And as a father now myself, I can only hope that my kids become far better people than, than I am one day. Uh, with that said, uh, you most certainly love how Tyler became obsessed with researching stocks and investing because, well, his father was so bad at it. Tyler is driven to be the best he possibly can be, and I'm thankful to his father for inspiring him to get after it the way he has and continues to with Augury Research. So thank you again for tuning in to episode 190 of the Planet Microcap podcast, and please enjoy my conversation with Tyler DuPont. Welcome back, everybody, to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And I'm really excited for uh, the gentleman joining me right now for an interview uh, on this podcast. Uh, I got Tyler DuPont here, founder and CEO of Augury Research. And when I say CEO, I'm really, it's, it's chief everything officer at this <laughs> stage. So, so uh, Tyler, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, you know, another day in paradise here in LA, uh, but you know, mostly inside because I'm doing interviews nonstop. But other than that, it's totally cool. You're, yeah. not, you're not getting any surf. I, you know what? This is going to sound really sad. Um, so I surfed for the first time in like a month on Sunday, and uh, I got outside. A little shout out to Caitlin Cook, our other uh, podcast host here on the SNN Podcast Network. And but I had an injury on my foot 
for the last month that I, that kind of, it was a little bit of a mess. And so I, I got out there, but I was, it was a sad display. Like if somebody was seeing me for the first time, surf, they would be like, oh, of course, this is a surfer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Would, you know, oh, this is a big surfer. You know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a travesty. But uh, it's, I was, you know, I was out of shape. I, yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. I just, I actually just went to California and I got a couple surfs in and I was like, oh. I'm in, I'm in Florida. Right. And we don't have to wear wetsuits. And I'm like in my wetsuit, I'm like dying out of shape. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it was ugly. Oh no, even when you're in a three, two, which for everyone listening, that's like kind of the thinnest of, of the wetsuits out there. Even when you're in the three, two, especially if you're not used to it, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is much more of a workout than I thought it was going to be. You know, I envy your, you, you get to be, get to surf in a bathing suit all the time. I, I and, love and I envy you because you guys have waves all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where do you normally surf in Florida? Um, I live in uh, West Palm beach area. So, oh, okay. We really only get waves during hurricane season. So, well, hey, look, some of the best surfers in the world, from Kelly Kelly Slater to uh, Caroline Marks, now are yeah. uh, are from are from Florida. Even though I just watched the Ultimate Surfer for the first, I had to watch it, and of um, course, the first two surfers out were Floridians. I actually went to a school with Kayla Durden. She went to my oh, college. No way. I went to yeah. We were like, I know her. She's cool. So, so sad to see her go so early, but she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be back. She'll be back. She went up against the tough. She, I forgot who it was. It was uh, uh, who did she go up against? I can't, shit, I can't remember. But um, but anyways, you know. Uh, hey, by the way, thanks for hitting me up for uh, when you were in California. Listen, next time you're in LA, we're definitely going. I wasn't in LA, but when I come to LA, I'm definitely gonna hit you up, and we gotta go, you know, catch some waves and maybe a yeah. beer or two. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. So uh, I wanted to start off. Actually, you you sent me this amazing journal, the 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 new Augury Investing Journal, and I have to tell you, this for everybody listening, it's this is one of the coolest journals I've I've seen out there, and we've like. On the podcast, we talk a lot about, you know, it's really important to have an investing journal just to kind of keep track of your thoughts and ideas. Um, but what's really cool that Tyler did here with this is that he actually did some of the work for you where, you know, you have, uh, you're, you're taking notes on, uh, you know, the, the, the time of the trade, your thought process behind that. It's like asking you the questions rather than you having to kind of create your own uh, system of notation for, for your journaling uh, or your investing journaling. And I got to give you kudos, man. I mean, uh, my one last point on this is like, as soon as I got, when you said said you wanted to send me something, I'm like, all right, you want to send me some like investing journal? Like, cool, bro. All right, for sure. Like, I'll, I'll check it out. And, uh, and I got it. I, I got to tell you, I was, ple- I was really, really pleasantly surprised. It was so cool. And then I, and then I showed, I, not, I had this huge reaction and I showed it to my wife who's not in finance at all. And she was like, that is a great Great idea. So I don't know. I think you got some on your hands. So tell us what was your thought process here. Well, uh, good. I, I'm glad your wife likes it. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad I exceeded the the expectations. Um, basically, the whole reason I kind of you know designed that journal. One, I uh, I actually have. So I'm like such a nerd when it comes to investing. Uh, I started when I was in tenth grade, and my first stock was Berkshire Hathaway. But uh, 
my dad is like the worst investor of all time. Like this guy lost all of his money in 2001. Then, you know, he participated in the Florida uh, real estate bubble in like 2008, you know, took a bath there. And then in 2013, it's like my first year of college. And he calls me up with this great penny stock that he's, you know, in. And I'm like holding my Berkshire uh, Hathaway shares and like, it's not really doing too much. And he's like telling me he's making all this money. And I'm like, dude, you know, I'm not, I'm not too smart, but I know you're not good at investing. Um, So I like ended up looking into this company and it ended up being a total, total scam. And then that's kind of when I uh, actually was like, okay, well, this is cool. Like I totally enjoyed that research process. Uh, so then I actually started building a system and I was a college athlete. So I got free printing and I kind of designed something similar to what you see in there. Uh, and I, you know, basically just a research worksheet for me to fill out, to keep track of these companies. And I was researching like, you know, a lot, I mean, probably like 20 companies a week, um, with this little system I designed. And then, uh, after a few years of doing that, I like kind of leveled it up and then um, eventually comes that journal. But the whole reason I actually made it into that journal um, you know, format is because when I started my investing newsletter business, I realized that a lot of the investors were just like first time you know, investors on Robinhood and stuff. And they didn't really have any clue what they were doing, which is understandable because like, you know, I was kind of lucky. So that means you started last year <laughs> or, or you started a couple years ago. What, what was that? Uh, your newsletter. Yeah, I started the newsletter. Um, I, well, officially, like I incorporated Augury in 2018. 2019, I like was great. Like I, you know, I opened my newsletter up and I got a bunch of customers, which was really cool. And everyone would think that was great, but I definitely did not have the right customer. And that's like the one thing I've learned from like starting a business is like finding the right customer is really important and really valuable. So, uh, you know, I had to deal with a really big headache of actually like, you know, I had a bunch of people that just like wanted to be day traders and they like really didn't have any interest in like the fundamentals of a business and like that stuff. And like, to me, it's like, I kind of grade every, you know, business is graded and it's based on, you know, the value of the underlying asset. And then, you know, I kind of like determine how likely is it that we can get the value out of that business. Um, And these guys were more like trying to like, you know, trade and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like people are paying me, but they're like not part of the program that like I want to build. Like I wanted to build a strong community where like, you go in there, you talk to with like other smart investors and you guys can actually like work together to find, you know, the best opportunities for your portfolio. So in 2019, I kind of like had to rewrite the whole code of the business, uh, like the whole culture basically. And then finally, like in 2020, it started to click and now it's like 2021. And like, I love my investing group. Like, uh, you know, Sri is in my group. You had interviewed him. Uh, you know, there's some, I got some really awesome people in there and like, you know, it's fun. Like we have, I mean, we're like nerds in a sense. Like we're like trying to like find a I like nerds. You are nerds and that's, yeah. we, we all are. And so yeah. we just, the sooner you embrace it, the better. 
That's right. And that's like, and that's what like makes you cool is like when you own your like nerdy stuff that you're into, it's just like, yeah, that guy's authentic. He's cool. He likes it. So it's like, yeah, we have a great group and it's like totally, you know, we're finding like sweet stocks and, you know, people are like, actually, I'm like really into, you know, betting big and like, I don't make a lot of portfolio moves, but when I do make one, like I really want to make it count. I'll bet, you know, uh, I kind of like have like the, you know, I got everything that I do is really like a system. I got like an allocation system that I use. It's like, you know, a um, 6% position is like a, just a normal regular position. Then I got a double position, triple position. And it's like, you know, if you're hitting a triple position, you know, that better be a big winner for you, right? You want to bet the most on what, you know, is the best opportunity. So um, that's kind of how I go about it. And I'm really like, I enjoy teaching people that aspect of investing, you know, if you really want to hopefully maximize your, your wealth. Very good. All right. We're going to get into all that in a second. Cause I want to, I want to, I'm going to, there's a couple more backgroundy things I want to get to before we get to the full strategy and everything like that. And probably the most important question is like, okay, you knew your dad was a bad investor. So you must've shorted a couple of his ideas. Like, let's be, let's be real here. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's like probably <laughs> the biggest blessing was like the fact that my dad was so bad at investing. Like, you know, I'm in second grade and my dad comes home and has to spill the beans that he lost all the family's money to my mom. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, whoa, this does not sound good. Right. And my mom's like, well, what do you mean you lost all the money? And he's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just listening to people in my office. You know, I thought they were smart. Next thing you know, is, you know, he takes a bath. And, you know, the saddest part about my dad's investing career is the last since 2010, He's been investing literally every paycheck in like U.S. government bonds. <laughs> it's like, the dude is just like, oh, bad on so many levels. Like he just can't buy a break. <laughs> like, the greatest bull market in history, and he's just like U.S. bonds. It's like, oh man. But you know, he owns it, and he's just like, you know, I never. And I like that kind of caused me to, you know, I got to figure this out for my dad and trying to teach someone that cool. is as bad as my dad, you know, I've really had to break down my systems to the most, you know, fundamental base, simple level of like investing that I can explain to anybody. But uh, yeah. And, it, and it was kind of insane is that I'm, you know, I learned all these things from my dad about what not to do. And those were really valuable lessons. And when from 2013 to, I mean, even today, I do a lot of short selling where it's like everyone's out there trying to find, you know, the next Amazon, Apple, whatever it is. And I'm just out here trying to find like, what are the 10 worst businesses that I can absolutely find? What has no chance to make it? And can I, you know, find a way to, you know, make money on the short side? And, you know, on the reverse of that, with that strategy, you know, I've come across some like, okay, I don't want to sound like a clown, but like GameStop at $3.89 a share. The market cap is like $165 million. The company's buying back like $60 million worth of stock like every quarter. They literally have a ton of cash on the balance sheet. They have like $5.5 billion in sales. I mean, at like a 30% gross margin. Like those are things that those are like little things that, you know, wake me up as an investor. You're paying a really small price for a lot of cash coming into the business. 
can they figure out a way to, you know, and they're not, obviously they're not investing into opening new stores and stuff because they know that they're kind of going out of style. Right. But, you know, they're still somehow doing, you know, big, big money in, in sales and stuff like that. Um, so that was one, uh, I found this company tandem diabetes. This is actually how I started Augury is, uh, and I have no position in either one of those stocks, but uh, I've you know since sold. Uh, Tandem Diabetes was this you know insulin pump company that everyone you know kind of wrote off as you know being a you know a zero, and it was trading at like forty million dollars, and the company's top line was growing like crazy. I did a little bit of research on it, and then I uh, you know was like, this is such a good idea that. I got to like actually open up my mouth instead of like keeping everything to myself because I had at that, at this point in time, this is 2018. I had, you know, I had researched hundreds of stocks at this point. And then, but I had, was like not on Twitter talking. I wasn't doing anything. Uh, and then tandem came along and I was like, you know, I called up two of my best friends and I was like, Hey, you guys should totally like invest in this company, you know, check it out here's what I'm thinking. Uh, and then I wrote a seeking alpha article and, you know, the stock went from three to like 110 or something it trades at today. So I got a lot of followers from that. And then once I had a little bit of momentum on seeking alpha, then I put out a short report on this like Chinese, uh, you know, pig company that was a complete fraud. And then it got voted like article of the month or it was like runner up article of the month. And then, from there, I was had taken a break. I was actually installing water heaters for my ex-girlfriend's dad's company for work. And I'm like getting all of these messages from people that are like, hey, man, love your work. You know, made $500,000 on your tandem pick. Like, when's the next one coming? I'm like waiting, doing nothing. And then I was like, you know, sun's beating down on you in Florida. You're like, shoes are filled with water after installing a water heater. And I like look at my phone and I see that. And I'm just like, I got to change my career. <laughs> and then that's like when Augury was born and I like, you know, tried to figure it all. I mean, I'm still figuring everything out, but like, yeah, that was, I had, like, had a customer. I had a product that I could offer because I kind of know how to research these businesses. And it just kind of, you know, it was a really easy decision when I, you know, scaling up a, me just installing water heaters. I was just really the guy that hands the tools around too. Uh, I was like, you know what? This is an obvious decision. I got to pivot and I got to do something new. And that's when I did that. And then I hopped on Instagram, started posting my portfolio on there, got a bunch of followers. That's when I realized, okay, I need a product um, outside of like, you know, I got the newsletter business rolling at that point, but I wanted to give my customers you know, something more like something that they can do on their own as well. And like, understand exactly what the process is. So, you know, don't be wrong. I want these guys to stay with me forever, but like, I also want them to be able to be, you know, self-sufficient and, you know, have a process of their own and get an idea as to how to play the game for themselves. Because, you know, if the goal is financial freedom, like you got to be able to think for yourself and, um, that was kind of like the whole goal with the journal is like, get these guys kind of thinking the right way and then see what they can do. Because fact of the matter is, is like, you know, I could be better than my dad and someone else can be way better than me and, you know, see what you can do. Cause 
everyone plays with a little bit different style and a little, little bit different flavor. And it's like, you know, see what you can do. Cause this is a game that is, I mean, as Buffett has showed us is unlimited scale. Not just that, but you're, you're continuously evolving. Right. Um, wait, so I got to ask. So one last question on, on you and your dad's relationship. Cause I, I'm, I'm loving this very much. Uh, I'm very close with my dad too, you know, so we, we, we go back and forth like this. Um, has he bought any of your ideas yet? Or are we, or is, is he still reluctant? No, I, I finally like just recently, like talked him into, you know, stepping out of maybe some bonds and like, let's actually get our feet wet in some real businesses. Like, and I'm like, I'm like pretty patient. I have like seven, you know, positions in my portfolio. I swear, like, I don't buy, I don't buy much. I like to look at everything. I'm a great shopper. Like I will research businesses all day, but like for me to actually buy something, it's got to be like really fit my criteria, which is like, you know, I like these pretty boring businesses, nothing too flashy. And I like, I want these businesses just to drown me in cash, to be honest. Like if I'm not going to be drowned in cash, I'll just wait on the sideline. And, you know, I run my portfolio with a lot of, you know, a pretty large cash position almost always. Now I do, I do short sell stuff and I will, I wake up every morning at 5, 5 a.m. I'm at my desk at 5.30. I've got, I want to see what's moving. And is there, is there anything that is just tr- totally mind-blowing? And if so, um, you know, I'm, I get my, like, I got these sheets. I fill these things out, you know, everything I need to know. I could probably get one of these things done in like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and I'm ready to, you know, trade it. And like, like the other day, I found this business trading at $120 million, uh, no revenue, not a good idea. Like there's just, you know, his, uh, corporate history of running pump and dumps. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like licking my lips. I just know that this is actually going to be, you know, I don't want maybe not a home run, but it's definitely going to be at least a double or something for me where I can actually make some real cha- like money on it. Uh, but yeah, so I'm pretty patient. And, you know, that, that kind of system of waiting around works pretty good. Well, let's dig into that system a little bit. Tell us. So what, I mean, this is our bread and butter right now. So this is your chance to show. Let's go. So uh, tell us a little bit about your strategy. You know, what, 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 what about your strategy makes it so that you're that patient of an investor? What are you looking for? Go, go through the whole thing. Like, I just want, you know, I'm kind of big into, so a little bit of background about me and I kind of apply my athletic career to investing, right? Like I went to college, I was like a walk on, on, you know, a division one baseball team though. Like I was like, I'm going D one. That's what I want to do. If I don't go D one, I'm not going to play. And I somehow like squeaked a walk on position at university in North Florida. Uh, And then when I got there, I realized that, holy, you know, holy smokes, these kids are no joke. Like these are men. I'm like five foot nine, like little lefty. I'm like the smallest kid on the team. Everyone else is like six foot four. And I'm like, I'm really competitive. And I'm like, if I want to, you know, play, I got to find a way to get on the field and I got to, you know, work hard, whatever. I mean, hard work is, I think you have to have it. if you're trying to do anything really in life, Uh, but I throw really slow and, 
I, you know, instead of everyone else is like trying to throw hard and I just is like, you know what, I'm just going to throw slow and I'm going to get everyone out. And that system worked really well. It was like very different from everyone else. And the system of, you know, everyone else is looking for the next Amazon Apple. I'm looking for the worst possible business that is, you know, almost contrarian in itself. And um, really, I mean, if you're going to be contrarian, you got to, you know, not only do you have to be different, but the most important thing is like everyone is, you can't just be different. You have to be different, but also be right. And um, so every day when I wake up, I'm looking for, you know, games that I can play against people that I can be. And Charlie Munger's like, one of my favorite quotes of his is, uh, you know, thank God for the stupid people. Uh, they make us rich. And I hate to say it, but a lot of the people that I'm playing against have absolutely no clue about what they're buying. So when I get my homework done, and I'm pretty good at it at this point in my career, like, I know exactly what I'm buying. I know exactly, I mean, you don't know the exact, you know, value of an asset, but you have got a pretty good idea, like where this thing belongs. And if I find something that's just so outrageous, you know, then I lace up my sneakers, put on my helmet and it's time to actually play and trade around a little bit. So um, I take it really serious in that sense. It's like, you know, you got to wear the hat of, you know, the, the investor and then also wear the hat of the trader. And then, you know, think like I, another thing I always do that I enjoy is, you know, when you're researching a business, this is the game of money. Like this is just business is all about money. And this is why I like it so much. It's like, you know, sit down, look at your balance sheet, look at your income statement, look at your product. You're the CEO. Can you win with these things? If the answer is no, you know, people shouldn't be buying that. And uh, if I can sell it, let's say at $120 million, and I know that it's worth a lot less than that, like no one in their right mind would pay that if they, you know, understood the game of business. Well, like that's a good opportunity for me. And I will, you know, if the stars align the right way, like I will, you know, unload on it if I can, I'll try to sell, you know, as much stock as I possibly can and, you know, try to, you know, get rich. That's, this is the game. It's like people love video games. Like I don't play video games. I play stocks. Like I'll looking at the balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement. That's like looking at the back of baseball cards for me. I can sit here and do it all day long. You know, don't check on me. I'm just sitting at my office, just looking at different stuff, different players. Who can I add to my portfolio? Who can I trade away? You know, like that is, I feel like investing. Uh, and I'm like, I, I use baseball a lot because it's a game I know really well, but like, it's like, you know, Billy Bean in the movie Moneyball. It's like, he's looking for these weird players that throw funny or, you know, can't throw and he's finding value in them. It's like, to me, that's like value investing and he's good at it. And he puts together a good team. He's trading these players away. He's like, you know, making money moves and like, that job is like my ultimate goal in life. If I could do that, like I totally would. But in the meantime, you know, let me try to get rich, I guess, doing stocks. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I got to tell you, that was that was a great analogy right there. Also, you're, I think we're becoming best friends pretty quickly. Between your surfing and now, I, I, I play baseball too. I, I was recruited to play at UCSD. So like, oh, nice. this, is, this is kinship right here. But oh. um, 
I mean, it's a, that's a great, I mean, that, that's a great place to start, you know? So you're, you're looking more people. It, I mean, look, we talked a lot, we talk a lot about contrarianism on here. Right. Um, but it, it, what's interesting about your strategy is that you're not just looking for, you know, on the contrarian side where, you know, looking at things to buy that people might otherwise hate, but you're looking at things that you're literally looking at things that people love for some reason or another and looking for maybe some reason to short it. You know what I mean? Is, which is, is, is short selling kind of the, your main strategy would you would say, or, or yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, so like, yeah, short selling is like, I honestly like want to try to be the best short seller of all time. Like, I mean, why? That, like, I'm that's gonna, so like, interesting. Why? I'm not going to be like Jim Chanos. Like that guy's mega smart. I love him to death, but like I could never do what he does in like those big companies. Mm -hmm. But like these small companies, you play with so many people that have no clue what they're doing that you actually have a lot more edge than you think. And it's like, you know, finding edge is interesting because there's a couple ways I think that you can find it. And there's a couple ways that I think I, you know, I can find it as one. It's like, you know, I, I was listening to the, actually this podcast. Someone came in and said that, uh, you know, it's like everyone thinks that penny stocks are, you know, all scams, right? Well, if everyone thinks that all penny stocks are scams and you can find, you know, but in reality, it's only like nine out of 10 are scams and you can find that one that's, that's not a scam. That's like, you know, legit. And everyone else is like ignoring it. Well, that's edge, right? There is a low competitive field because everyone's just writing it off. And that's kind of like, you know, short selling is like, everyone says don't short sell because, you know, stock can go to infinity, which obviously it can't because there's not like infinite money in the world, but like, yeah. Okay. You can definitely get burned if you're really stubborn. Like, I'm not stubborn. I like, if I'm wrong, I just like, you know, click a couple buttons. I'm out. It's easy. It's like, that's possible. You people like don't want to think you could do that, but I swear to God, you can. I've done it a million times. Um, so, uh, that's like where I go, okay, well, this is, this is a good place for me to look for edge because no one wants to play here. And like, another thing that I do that people think is insane is that I wake up at five 30 and I'm not, you know, I'm not waking up to, I don't know, you know, pet my dog. I'm, I'm waking up and I'm, if I see something crazy, I start selling it pre-market and I'll sell it all morning long. I sell, 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 sell. So uh, tell me what you look for then. You know, you, you want to be, as you just said, you want to be the best short seller in the world, which, hey, we need the, the big, hairy idea. The big, what's, what is it? The big, hairy goal. I, sorry, Ben Claremont, just, he, he just said that. I, I'm totally misquoting him. But basically, it, you know, we all have that, that huge ambition that we want to be. So I'm, I'm, I'm just genuinely curious because, you know, most, most folks that come on here say they want to be the best investor they can be, which I'm assuming is probably the case for you. But you're going to step further and say, I want to be the best short seller i ever you know so one <laughs> why <laughs> and then and then secondly and and i and i don't say that judge, judgmentally okay like everybody has their own way there's so many different ways to play this game obviously you listen to this show enough to know that most people i bring on here tend to be on the long side not maybe yeah. never done a, a short sell in their life i know i haven't um you know so I, i'm just so curious like why why is that what you want to be and then you know, you say you wake up at 530, you know, what are those crazy things or some of that criteria that you look for before you then want to go and, and, and do some of those trades? Yeah. So like, you know, 
I want to, I want to, you know, pitch to my dad, right? Like my dad is good at losing money. If I have him in the batter's box, I can get him out. And you know, what, what, what is my dad, right? Like he doesn't, my dad is good at his job, right? And he's the hardest working guy in the world, but like he, you know, was making investments that he had no clue about the fundamentals of the business. It's so easy to figure out who you're playing against in today's world. I head right over to Twitter, head right over to stock twits. Do these guys have any clue what they're talking about or are they morons, right? If they're, if I'm playing against absolute morons and I'm not too smart myself. So uh, I, you know, I like my odds there and I will, I, I, one of my, on my system here, it's like, I, you know, it's the Augury scouting report. This is what I call it. And I look at exactly who I'm playing with. I want to know who owns the shares. So I look at all the big shareholders. You know, are there any institutions involved? I look at stock twits. I used to look at Robin, the Robin track thing, the Robin Hood, uh, Seeking Alpha. I go on Seeking Alpha. Do you know how many, you know, there's people think that you write for Seeking Alpha and it's like, oh my gosh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like there are a lot of people that write on there that are absolutely clueless and you know, I read all their stuff and I go, this guy's looking at all the wrong things. I, you know, totally disagree with him. You know, I can beat this guy. And if he's long the stock and it gets, you know, wiped out or he's long for the wrong reasons or he doesn't see this. Um, and it's just a lot of people just don't do, I, I don't think they do like the research required. So I try to find people that, you know, are silly and they're not thinking clearly and maybe they're really biased in the stock. Like, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I've i grown a lot, uh, but I tried shorting Tesla, right? I went back and I, you know, shorted the Elon Musk tweet when he said a buyout at 420. I was like, okay, well, it's trading at 388, buyouts at 420, I'll risk that. I think the downside is, you know, $50 a share no, it can actually go to $50 a share. Not like the reward was huge. And if I stop out at 420 and he's right, okay, big deal. So I, I was like, this is a good time for me to enter the, the, the trade. And um, then I started really digging, like, you know, researching too much into Tesla. I was over, I was biased, right? I was like, you know, starting to think that things mattered that really didn't like, you know, and that taught me so much because Tesla after that went, went all the way down to like 280 or something like that. And I had like a pretty large short position on like 12%. And I had some put options. Uh, thankfully those hit, but then, you know, the stock went to 420 and I didn't cover. I went to 425 and I covered. And I remember, you know, I'm really disciplined in my, my short selling. Like I think discipline is the, by far the most important thing. So like, when I plan my bet, I value every bet. And I think that that's what value investing is. I don't think it's like, you can, we can all value a business and say it's worth a hundred million dollars, but how likely is it that that value gets unlocked? That value that you get from measuring your bet is what we actually need to be doing. And that's, you know, how you find out what your edge is. And then once you determine what your edge is, then you can actually figure out how much you should be allocating to the idea. Um, so when I took that five extra dollars um, on Tesla, I was really, you know, upset with myself because it was a breach of my discipline. And I, you know, I, that I just know that's not the system that I use to actually make money. Like, look, 
my system works because I am so disciplined. If my stop out is, you know, at whatever price, that means I get out at that price. There's no negotiating with that. Um, I was wrong on the bet and I should be trading in a sense where it's like, I can be wrong maybe one, two, three times and still be, you know, alive, right? When we're playing baseball, like if you hit 330, you're pretty darn good and you're getting out, you know, 67% of the time. So my short selling is very similar to that, where it's like, I'm allowed to make out. I get out all the time. And, you know, I have a thing where it's like, I'm, I'm good. I don't like get into these slumps or anything like that because there's always a new trade around the corner. You know, there's always a new at bat, you know, later in the game or tomorrow's game. It's like my career is not ending with any one of these trades and as good of a setup may be, uh, nothing is good enough, you know, to get hurt. So I'm like, there's a point where it's like, I'm just here to make money. It's like, I, it's not about how, you know, win or lose. It's just how much money you make when you're right and how much money you lose when you're wrong. And I don't really get, you know, married to any stocks. I don't get married to any ideas. I'm very, you know, oh, if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, you really can't hit me. It's like, I'm trying to be Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> just on defense all the time. Uh, so, so I, I want to learn about some of your other criteria. That you have on there you know you you pulled out your, your sheet and you had a, you had a couple things on the checklist there i mean what 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 else do you look for you know especially in, i mean in, in smaller stocks i'm sure there's a, a bit more yeah, too i i really love really bad balance sheets i i there's nothing more beautiful than a terrible balance sheet when uh, when i'm doing this <laughs> uh and it's the opposite for my long investing it's like all my short stuff is like the, i love beautiful balance sheets for something i'm going long and it's very important to me if the balance sheet is even iffy I, i'll you know stand way back i mean tandem was kind of an exception the balance sheet was terrible and that's why i was on it it's a terrible balance sheet company but then they got this big investment from dexcom and i you know i you know recognize oh this is really this is like a very pivotal moment uh this changes everything completely i need to pay attention to this and i need to act on it and um so i always look for for short selling bad balance sheets or you know oh thank you i love that i you know how well the, the company's got a terrible product they got no cash on the balance sheet they're burning cash you know by operating well how are they going to make money you know how are they going to continue well they have to sell stock what happens when you increase the supply of stock well the stock has to go down and everyone's like well you can't time the market well i'm not too smart but if me and you own the business and we're running the business and we got no cash in the bank and our product sucks and our balance sheet sucks and we don't want to lose our jobs what are we going to do well we're going to figure out a way to raise some capital if the banks don't want to lend us any money well let's tap into the shareholders and that creates supply overhead supply you know if they can't increase the demand which if no one wants to buy a terrible business well the stock is going to go down so that's you know how i approach you know that aspect of things uh you know i really care about the product like i said every company i research i put the ceo hat on and i go okay do i want this job right and i really only want to sit down at desk uh, behind companies that literally are going to run themselves or I can't mess anything up because I'm not that smart, right? Or it's like, well, if I'm an idiot and I can run this business, 
That means anybody behind you know the desk can run it, and that's something I want to be long because the product's probably pretty good. You know, it's got you know high high gross margin. You know, these things that make a good business good. That's what we want to like you know put our money into something that's hard to for things to go wrong, uh, and then the reverse where it's like, man, it's like if I'm the CEO and it's like product sucks, balance sheet has no cash, we got no good assets. It's like dude, you couldn't pay me enough money to fail at that job. Of course, I don't want it. You know, I'll go, I'll go look for another one. Um, so that's what I short sell in a sense. Um, what else do I look for? Yeah, tell me what else you look for. Bad, bad hitters. <laughs> if I'm pitching, I want the worst possible hitter. It's like, you know, what I also in a sense look for is like, I don't want to get into the ring with Mike Tyson, right? I don't want to walk onto the basketball court with LeBron James. Now, if you got, if you want to give those guys a golf club, I will play that game. But if you're going to, you know, ask me to go onto the basketball court with LeBron or boxing ring with Tyson, you would never ever find me. So I only want to play games that I, you know, have a clear chance of winning. And uh, sometimes you know, you go a long time without finding anything good. And, yeah. you know, and another thing too, is like this morning I found this company, it's got $300 million market cap. It's actually down quite a bit now. It's a $280 million market cap, but I was, you know, selling stock all morning, all morning, all morning, all morning. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm like, you know what? Like I might be early. I got a punt here. And I'm seeing it like go down and it looks like it's about to actually like fall through the, you know, the roof. And I'm like, oh, I missed it, but it's not a big deal. Like, cause I didn't get hurt. I literally lost $37 on the trade as like literally commission. Like that's nothing. So am I, you know, even upset? No, but if that was a, that was not like a, you know, an A plus opportunity, that was just like a C opportunity. And if it is an A plus opportunity, you know, I, I have this idea, I call it game four mentality, where it's like, when I know I got something good, I won't be able to sleep the night before. Like if I know something is, I can make a lot of money, I literally can't sleep. And it's like game four mentality. It's like when I was in college and I, I was a Saturday guy, I, you know, before my starts, I couldn't sleep. Like I, you know, be thinking about the game all night long. And it's like, for short selling, it's I'm very particular. Like I know exactly at what time of the day I'm going to be shorting stuff. I know everything. I know exactly what price I want to get in or better at. Uh, I'm very organized in that sense. And it's like game four mentality is, okay, it's game four of the World Series. We can win a championship ring today. I will give it, you know, everything we got, but no matter what happens and game four, if we're up, you know, three Oh in the series and we lose game four, it's not the end of the world. It's not game seven, game seven. You have to put it all on the line game four. It's like, yeah, you're putting it all on the line, but if you do lose that game, it's not over. You got the next day and you got the next day. And it's like for short selling, that's really important because I've seen people kind of fight stocks before. And it's like, dude, that's how you lose. That's how you like, you know, blow out. And that's how you tear your ACL is doing something silly that you, you know, you try to do too much. People try to do too much. And it's like, you got to play within your game. Tyler, what if you're down 0-3? Yeah. 
What if I'm down 03? Yeah, then what? Got a lot of work to do. I'm waiting. I might, I might need to call up. Uh, I might need to call up Chino's to get in the box and hit a 27 run home run for me. That's good stuff. And so where do you, where do you source ideas? You know, is the stuff that you just came across over the last few days, and then you follow up on the next? Like, how, how do you find new ideas? Okay, well, yeah, I have a secret weapon, right? The guy that I have, the guy uh, Andy, he's my secret weapon. I love, I love him because he's like got these really great ideas, but um, I also am very focused on, I think idea generation is the most important thing in investing. Like, I mean, maybe not the most important, like allocation is the most important, but like, you know, coming up with your own ideas, the idea generation aspect of, of investing is so important. And I honestly like to do it all myself. Like I, my secret weapon comes with tons of good ideas, but like I'm very picky even with his ideas, even though they're mostly like all pretty good. Where I look at it and I'm like, wow, man, like how do you find in these? And like they're good, but I'm like very picky what I put in my portfolio. And you know, I think everyone's got to be different because my, you know, emotional risk tolerance is much different than yours, and yours is much different than maybe Maj's, right? We all are different. And you know, I really have pushed my boundaries as to what I know I can do and what I can't do. Uh, so I, I have a pretty good idea as to what does belong in my portfolio and what doesn't. And that's something that comes with experience, in my personal opinion. Like, I can't just hand you a bottle of, you know, hey, you can, you know, here's Tyler's emotional risk. You can use it too. Everyone has to actually learn that part of the game for themselves. And it takes time, but... I think if you journal a lot, that's why I literally love, I, I use this journal on like all my trades. I mean, I don't, I would go, I would go through this journal so fast. So I print the sheets out, but it is part of my system where I, I go back and I reflect in it. Like the, the stock that I'm looking at fall apart right now. I literally wrote on there, like, ah, you know, I literally wrote, I don't want to punt, but I know I should punt right here. And I, you know, I punted and, you know, whatever, if it falls apart, there'll always be another trade around the corner. And I'm, you know, pretty good at staying patient. Uh, I'm, you know, it's like, you don't have to be too active, to be honest. Like, you can be really, really patient and you can see how things play out. And you never know. Sometimes you know, I could wake up tomorrow and this stock can gap up 15%. And this could be a perfect entry where this was you know, instead of it being like a C, C plus setup, this is actually now like a B, B setup. And I could, you know, instead of trading, I don't know, a, a smaller position, I'll get a little bit more size and maybe make just as much money, if not more. So it's like, you never know what the market is going to throw you. It's just more so I'm very focused on like, you know, show up every day prepared. It's like, sometimes people would be like, how do you like find ideas? You know? And it's like, I got 10 stocks on my desk that are like probably good enough to trade. And then when it's time to trade, I pick the best one and I focus intently on that one. And I win that battle because another way to kind of look at it too, is like that, uh, you know, investing is almost like war and every dollar that you have is almost like a soldier. You don't want to just go burn your soldiers in battle and like without a plan and stuff like that. you like, you want to put these guys in position to win. So 
you know, I put together a plan of action on all of my trades. And when, when I wake up in the morning, I see how they all set up. And if it, you know, if it triggers something that I like that I think, okay, you know, uh, well, maybe I don't want to like short this at $75 million, but at $125 million. Yeah. That, that is a lot more appealing to me. So that's kind of how I like a second level go into my, you know, what, what's actually going on, on on my desk is like, I literally just have a bunch of these sheets laying around and I'm like, you know, okay, wait, which one should I play with today? <laughs> All right. So Tyler, you know, we're I'm getting to the point in the interview where, you know, this is my favorite question that I get to ask everybody. Uh, and you already, you've told a couple of stories on this front about things that have impacted your investing career and how it basically have shaped you an investor. But what would you say is the number one thing or number one investing experience that really shaped your career? Yeah. Okay. So this is a two-part question or a two-part answer where in 2018, I had a really great year, but one, the number one takeaway that will forever, you know, shape my career is, uh, <clears throat> I said, I was installing water heaters and I had already known that I needed to start actually, you know, I didn't want to do that forever. I needed to start, you know, you know, doing something else. So I decided, okay, I'm going to, be highly selective. I'm going to pick, you know, an idea out that I know well, and I'm going to bet big on it. Um, and that happened to be this company Elfin. It was a total fraud. It was like, you know, a layup. And I designed this options trade and I bet big, I bet 30% of my portfolio on this trade that would double my money. And, you know, I ended up hitting the trade. It was an absolute headache. And I, I had to pass a competency test for the options to get options trading available on my account. Um, and when I was reading that, I read the, I am like such a nerd. I read the options, like the CBOE options rule book or whatever. I read the whole thing and I uh, discovered that there was a, you know, a little bit of a loophole in the trade that I designed that I, there was a chance that I could lose all of my money. And that was if the stock got halted by the SEC and um, the, you know, the halt lasted through the duration of my, uh, my trade, my uh, expiration date. Sure enough, this trade stock gets halted by the SEC, my options, I'm still in the position. And now I have to make the decision if I'm going to exercise them, but then you have to pay the borrow rate or just lose, you know, 30% of my portfolio. Right. So this was a big deal to me at that time. I was like, totally stressed out. I was, oh my gosh, I wanted to win this trade really bad, but I also like, just didn't want to lose the money. So, uh, and it was, I bet big and it, you know, ultimately it ended up paying off because the stock, you know, opened up, uh, for trading before my expiration date. And, you know, it, the SEC halt got lifted and opened up at like $5 a share. And I you know, made a bunch of money. It was awesome. Ended up working great. But I did get a test of, you know, what I can withstand emotionally. And that's the one, you know, takeaway that I think everyone needs to learn. Uh, I was really lucky in the way that I learned, you know, what was the envelope of what I can handle. Uh, and I will forever cherish that lesson. But the second part of that equation was, if I had any clue what I was doing, I would have bet the same size on the tandem trade, slept easy forever and made, you know, a million times, you know, more in terms of absolute return. So 
it was a really good learning experience as I, you know, figured out what I can handle emotionally, but also like, I was so focused on like being the best short seller, right? Like that's kind of been my goal. Like I really want to be, you know, it's like, you know, some kids want to be the best three point shooter. Some kids want to be the best pitcher. Like I want to be the best short seller. And I was so consumed in that goal that I like kind of took my focus away as to what is this game? And, you know, I will always appreciate 2018. It was a, a, an incredible year for me, but you know, there were so many great takeaways and so much learned in that year. And it's like, thank God I learned it, you know, right out of college, because those are things that I, I don't think people, you know, get the opportunity to learn at, at such a young age. And I, hopefully that will, you know, be something that I never forget. I don't think I will. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So Tyler, we're rounding the bend here. You know, my final question for you is, you know, what, what advice do you have for newbies that might be considering looking at augury or, or just maybe looking at short selling or just any of the strategies that you put out there or just in general looking at investing? Yeah, totally. And I honestly think, you know, get, get a trading journal. I get preferably my trading journal, but get your hands on a trading journal. I know for me, it's like, I can't, even describe how much I've learned about, you know, investing, about business, just by going through all of these companies and keeping a journal uh, on them. And if you do that and you, you know, aren't afraid to, you know, step in the batter's box after you get hit by a pitch, uh, I, I truly believe that anybody can play this game and, and play it pretty well. I think, you know, kind of learn the rules of it, you know, understand that this is a reward to risk game. It is a gambling game. You're wagering um, their votes of expression as to what you think is going to happen in the future. But, you know, if you journal your thoughts and you reflect on them and you play by the rules, I think the, you know, the sky is ultimately the limit for anybody. And it doesn't matter if you have a business degree from Harvard or whatnot, like anybody can really play this game, uh, which is, you know, my favorite part about it, because, I'm not that smart, but I can somehow play it and do it well just because I've kind of just put in the, you know, the time and the, you know, I've thought about it enough on how I'm going to approach it uh, that, you know, I can play it and, you know, play my game well. I don't, I can't play, you know, I definitely can't. I've listened to a lot of the strategies on here and it's like some of these guys are doing things that I can't do, like going through these bankrupt companies and figuring them out. I'm like, Dude, I'm not that smart. So I stay away from that stuff. Right. So, you know, make a trading journal. And when opportunity does come, you know, jump on it, go for it, because that's really the only thing that's the only really way you're going to change your life is bet big when you get these great opportunities and, you know, ignore the mediocre stuff. Very good. All right, man, with that, where can our audience go and find more information on you, follow you on social media, the, the whole bit. So you can find uh, us on our website, uh, at auguryresearch.com. We are on Twitter at Augury Investing. We are on Instagram, Augury Investing. I mean, Pinterest, Amazon. I'm on every social media, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, I have it all. I have a podcast. The podcast is Not Your Father's Stocks. Um, it's not as consistent as this one, but we got a couple of episodes with me and my partner, Andy. Uh, so, if you're looking to find us, I would just say auguryresearch.com and all the links should be somewhere on that site. Well, Tyler, this is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, joining me here on Planet Microcap. And uh, 
I'm really excited to continue to follow, follow you along on your journey. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back at some point soon. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm waiting to uh, get pitted like that, like you in the photo behind you. I'm coming out for that. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm looking for the next one. <laughs> have a good one, man. All right. Take thanks care. again. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast podcast.